Welcome to the How to Not Execute Your Strategy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Ohai. This series is dedicated to the biggest lessons learned from the people who own strategic execution, the senior leaders who live in the center of it. My guest today is George Brontaine. George is the founder and CEO of Membrane, a software as a service company that has translated the success factors behind successful sales organizations into a platform that makes it easier for companies to achieve sales excellence. With a life model, don't settle for mainstream. George is always looking for new ways to achieve improved business results using innovative software skills and processes. You may also follow George's award-winning blog, The Art and Science of Complex Sales. Listen now as we explore how your strategy will fail if you don't understand your entire value chain. Let's get to it. Well, George, I am so happy to be talking with you today. Uh, we've known each other for a long time, but this is the first time we've been able to do a podcast like this, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, and I'm thankful for you inviting me to your show. Oh, that's awesome. So for the audience may not know exactly where you are in the world. So let's let's give them a little bit of an update on just, we don't have to go to business because I've covered that already in the in the introduction, but tell us a little bit about where you're located. I am in the cold area of Stockholm right now. So in Stockholm, Sweden, Northern Europe, that's where I'm based. And how's the weather right now? It's sunny, but cold, but not, not too cold. It's about around freezing, the freezing point. <laughs> <laughs> I always crack up. Uh, I've only been to Stockholm once, as you know, and uh, I always crack up the way people dress. They still look elegant. People are bundled up to the gills and they still like, man, you, you look sharp. You look really sharp. So uh, there's some, there's some good fashion going on in Sweden. All right. So, so today uh, we're talking about strategic execution and I'm going to ask you the same question. I ask everybody what's tell me, tell me about a time you had a strategy that did not execute as planned and what did you what did you learn from it yeah there are many uh, but uh, i'll give you i hear that answer a lot actually <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you one from my uh a previous company that i founded called upstream mm. and uh in upstream our idea was to bring software to the market that somehow challenged the mainstream mm. uh, and we sold these uh pieces of software through it resellers and the end customer was a small to medium-sized business. Mm. And uh, built it from scratch. We started getting some momentum. But the problem was that our average order value was very low. So it was mm. hard to really you know, expand the revenues. So we needed to find another strategy. How could we, how could we improve revenues? And um, the, uh, the conclusion what we was that we needed to increase the average order value. But how do we do that? <laughs> mm. And then we had a very, you know, inside out uh, thinking and the conclusion was, well, we just sell them something that has a higher price tag. And uh, at that point, the best idea we got was, okay, let's start selling uh, security software because security software at the point was quite expensive and mm -hmm. we thought really valuable and really important to these customers <laughs> and, and the, and the uh, resellers. And we spent uh, a few years, actually, because I, oh, I don't wow. like giving up, but we spent a lot of time trying wow. to get these security solutions out to these uh, customers and through these resellers before we just, we had to give up. It was just, it did not work. <laughs> uh, so let me, let me kind of, so you've got literally the pressure 
of needing to generate revenue because you just got a business that needs to be run. Then you've got the pressure of launching something from scratch and spending years trying to get it to work. And pressure one doesn't go away. Did it, did pressure one get bigger over that time, or did or did you ever or, or did your core product start selling more, or was it still well, the core products were still selling, uh, yeah. and the business was it, we weren't we weren't really you know going bankrupt by by any means, but we weren't growing, and the, the yeah. I mean we wanted to grow the company right so yeah. uh, privately owned by myself, so I, I mean yeah. I was the boss and the owner, so the the pressure was primarily from myself and the team. To, to grow but the 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 interesting aspect of the whole thing was that we thought we were making assumptions that the customers mm. ought to buy this piece of software because they need to be secure they need to protect mm -hmm. their IT environments and therefore they should invest in this um but but what we then did was okay uh so this you you, you could argue that the ex the execution was maybe good in this example, but the strategy was wrong. Yeah. So so we went out and we we visited three hundred and fifty of these resellers in a year, and we said, okay, what's your problem? What what what's the problem your customers are facing? And all of these stories gave us a very clear indication that these guys did not need another product. They did not wow. need another another security product. Their problem was that they had a crappy business model because they were you know they were just selling IT services and IT software IT hardware very reactively uh, and they didn't make much money but they were working like crazy so with armed with this information we could go back and say okay instead of us guessing or assuming mm. what they need in order to increase our average deal size we needed to now really sort of deep dive into these conversations and see how could we provide value into their businesses as which in turn gives value to the end customer which in turn increases our deal value so that's so, what we did so you had to go back and really almost redefine the entire problem yeah totally. and then once you redefine that problem did it execute well Yes and no. <laughs> so it's a two parts of this story. So the the uh, we, we redefined the problem because the first definition of the problem was was just made up by us. Yeah. Right? Okay. We gotcha. we thought that they ought to buy security software because we wanted to increase our margins or revenue or mm. average deal value. Uh, whereas the the reseller couldn't care less. The the end customer believed that they had enough security because they mm -hmm. had they had antivirus and firewalls and all that stuff. They didn't need anything beyond that. They felt, uh, but when we realized th that the partner or the reseller were really providing services to the end customer that didn't serve the end customer very well because it was very reactive. You know, they they went to the customer when the customer had a problem instead of making sure that the customer never had an IT problem in the first place. Mm. So that was the new strategy that we designed was to, first off, we actually made the partner, the reseller, our main customer. In the past, they were a reseller, right? That's huge. So, I mean, I, I just want to pause here because there's, there's literally major decision-making happening as you're 
refiguring out how to do things yet it, it's redefine the problem redefine the audience redefine the target redefine all these mm -hmm. things these are significant and i i know from having coached startups there these a lot of these things are mistakes that are pretty common people don't think through mm -hmm. their idea to to the point of it's a true strategy and then they don't execute against that because they just have this wonderful inspiration and they hope mm -hmm. and you were rotating into um a strategic mindset as opposed to what was originally a hope mindset i would call that yeah uh, right sure. yeah yeah i guess i can see you guys sitting in stockholm drinking a coffee and uh yeah let's do this and uh, oh it sounds great okay let's go do this <laughs> and then all of a sudden putting the next coffee yeah that's not working uh what do we do but yeah. but also not understanding the customer right because at that time big enterprises were investing like crazy into security yeah. So we were also getting sort of our inspiration from the wrong place because wow. enterprises were driven by very different uh, things than these SMEs were. Yeah, yeah. So, and we sold, we sold to banks and stuff. We sold to big customers, but that was not really our audience. Uh, so we had to redefine the entire strategy based on that initial poor strategy. Yep. But then once we redefined the strategy and made the resellers our main customer uh, and then made sure to help them provide the best possible service to their client, we could increase their sort of the, the IT partners revenue or sorry, EBITDA from like three, five percent up to 30 percent. Wow. So that was a massive improvement. Wow. And so the customers then, were happy too, right? So oh, was, yeah. You know, so everybody's now feeling the love. Did did you back off of security and and go back to your primary and start increasing your yeah, yeah well just yes and no really what was what we made we were sort of pioneering the move from a value added reseller into a managed service provider ah. so we helped these IT companies to become you know much more proactive and instead of just doing the break fix model as they did before you know fix things as the, it broke yeah. They now promised the IT environment would work and proactively maintained it to a fixed flat fee. What a completely different value proposition. When you started, it was like, how do we get a product out? And now it's mm -hmm. how do we change the value chain through service? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. the product now becomes, I'll call it, you know, grease for the wheels, but the the actual, the actual vehicle is running off of this service providing that's done in a way with, hey, we've got great wheels, we'll make everything smooth. And how long did that take you to figure out? Uh, it took a few years. <laughs> uh, but but now it all sounds smooth. But but this is actually where where sort of the execution problem started. Uh, because mm -hmm. we figured this out and it was kind of an entrepreneurial sell, right? I, I could ask the founder and ask the main sort of visionary when it came to which products to sell and how to sell them. I could sell it. But then we started hiring salespeople and it just failed miserably. Mm. Uh, so, so I learned by, by my mistakes that, again, I was making the mistake of assuming mm. that salespeople ought to know how to sell because they had sold something else for someone else and had a nice CV. Uh, so that is where I, where I really got into the problems of execution was, okay, now have a good strategy. We know what we can provide, the value we can provide to these companies. Now we just need to, you know, scale. Uh, but it didn't work because I was 
assuming that these salespeople I hired could do the job without really, you know, realizing the difficulty in execution as these salespeople most of the time had, uh, you know, experience selling products from big brands. And now they were, you know, engaged in a very complex sale into a product and idea and concept that changed everything for the customer, right? Yeah. They needed to change how they marketed, how they sold, how they delivered, how they communicated. Everything basically had to change for that IT reseller to become the managed service provider, right? Well, and you're and you're also, I mean, I know I, from experience when you when you walk away from a big company, you don't realize how much credibility you get just by having their logo on your card. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that credibility gap is well, it's it's essential, right? If you have no credibility with the customer, they're not really going to make any changes just because you showed up. So mm -hmm. that puts all this pressure on all these things that you just talked about, how we communicate and how we even how we even show up, how we present ourselves and 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 interact with them when we're not quote selling in a meeting, but maybe we're going out for lunch or having coffee. And but but I want to go back to this word that you threw out that I actually think is is the big theme and it's it's assumption. Yeah. The word assume mm -hmm. is potentially your biggest risk as a leader and your biggest risk as an organization based on the stories you've told. And I know I'm, I'm picking one thing out of a big stack of themes, um, but that assumption yep. thing is huge. How, how do you manage assumption now in your current business with your current leaders so that it doesn't become uh, another big problem field for you? So my sort of conclusion back back then <clears throat> was that I hadn't uh, really taught and coached the salespeople in that case on how to do the job. Mm. Uh, so my my learning and conclusion was that I needed a much better, yeah, let's use process. I know mm -hmm. that, that that can be a word many people many people uh, get people to cringe, but it, it's really you know the workflows, the how tos. Mm -hmm. They needed to be embedded into the daily lives of the salespeople for yeah. this to work. Yeah. Um. And and uh, I I made that mistake of of assuming that they know what to do with whom and when and why, but I needed to systematize it so that now we actually understand. What will this potential buyer, in that case, the IT uh, company, what decision-making process or changes will they have to go through hmm. in order to invest in, in our solution? Did you and have to go down into the detail of, of how to do every step? Or is it more about here are the milestones I need you to hit? I need you to do make sure this is done, this is and how you get there. I, yeah. I release you, but you've got to make sure these milestones are hit as you go through this journey. Yeah. Yes. I would say both. Okay. Or at least examples of how. So, so the milestones definitely, right. That mm. was, that's crucial. And and if we don't have the milestones, then everybody's just winging it. Yeah. Uh, but we really need those milestones to be, you know, the customer facing and what mm -hmm. we've learned that they need mm -hmm. to do. Then how you get there is, I believe, crucial in the beginning, right? If you have someone new, then you have to show them this is one way to get to that milestone. But maybe your personal style is different, so you can tweak how you actually do this step. But 
this is how I do it, or this is how, how our top performer does it. Yeah. Uh, but as long, and, and that can be inspirational. You could copy it maybe, but maybe it doesn't fit you. So you do it differently. So yes, both, both the milestones critical, but how you actually do it and provide those examples, I think is also critical, especially for new hires. So the, the kind of the core lesson here, assumption is a major risk. Make sure number one, you're not doing it <laughs> and look in the yeah. mirror and have that good gut check, but two, also look for how assumption is affecting your overall business and anybody who's making assumption, um, you're going to need to both have that conversation and, and and talk to them, but you're also, you might need to show in or show up in a way that, that demonstrates how to actually do something in the right way, or at least according to expectation. And then mm -hmm. this is the expectation. If you could do a better way, great. If you have a different way, that's cool. As long as the expectation is the milestones being hit and we're on target and, and the goals are being achieved that we have. And if that's cool, then, then we're in good place. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and another, I, I heard a word you said there that I think is important too, which is expectations. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and I think that's another learning uh, when when executing this uh, strategy. Uh, that if if you as a salesperson uh, don't provide the right expectations uh, mm. at the for the customer, then you're going to be in big trouble. And and we were selling we were selling a product yes but really we were we were selling a transformation of their business mm. like from three percent to thirty percent a ten x improvement of, of your of your profits that was the expectation I wanted them to to have not oh can we automate x can we automate y yes I mean yes we can that's a product st stuff but. The expectation here is that we're going to revolutionize the industry and you're going to be a pioneer and you're going to 10x your profits. I mean, that's the discussion we need to have. Wow. So I think just laying the expectations uh, is really important, which makes, you know, that's where you, you can create some motivation uh, for your buyers. Oh, wow. That's that's something I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so so this, this gets into the second part of our dialogue now. What are the the top skills that you think everybody should have. And it almost sounds like everybody should be very good at, at seeking and clarifying and communicating expectations. Because if everybody, if, if, if you came to me, George, and said, um, go do something and I'm not clear on what I should be able to raise my hand and go, Hey, George, I'm not clear. On, can you explain that to me? And, and if I have that ability as an employee, and I don't care that you're the owner of the company, I, I can, I, we have that it seems like expectation setting and just managing expectations is a critical skill for everybody because so many other decisions that are made off of that. Is that kind of what I'm hearing or is that an accurate? Yeah, that's, I think that's a critical uh, skill. And and when it comes to, you know, the strategy to execution or theory to execution, I think uh, we can dumb it down a bit. Like I, mm. sometimes we Please do because I, I I love dumbing things down. That's great. I mean, a strategy can sound very big, right? Yeah. It's, it's like something we, you need a McKinsey uh, yeah, consultant right. to come in and write a big, big strategy. But really, it's just your plan, right? How are you going to achieve uh, some some outcomes and targets and goals and for whom and when and how and why, et cetera. So it's, I think just make a very simple plan. But then what where it breaks down, as as you've mentioned, is is on the execution I and mean, everybody can sit like you said you probably were in a cafe drinking coffee saying hey we should do this 
So we had a rough plan, but we didn't we didn't really think everything through. So once we executed it, it was just stupid plan. But even if it was a, if it had been a good plan and we executed it poorly, it would have been a, a poor result. Yeah. So I think uh, when it comes to planning or strategy, well, you, you need to be you know creative. You need to understand the competitive landscape, of course, mm. the customer and you, your your own offerings and all that good stuff. And I think that's what a lot of people like to do. I mean, that creative business thinking side is is fun. It's, it's intriguing. And then when it comes to actually doing stuff, executing the strategy, then you have to, I mean, really get into to the work, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is maybe less m less fun and and more you know hard work. So I think it breaks down there because we lack sort of uh, uh, you know, what's the word the systems thinking. I guess is is a good way to to phrase it that everything is connected mm. and we need to understand if if this is the plan and the strategy. Mm. And we need to connect all these things. So marketing, sales, customer support, success, yeah. Account yeah. Code, and everything needs to sort of be be interconnected and, and everyone needs to row the boat in the same direction. That's where things start to break down because all of a sudden it's change management. It's like, oh, we ch all of, we changed the end customer from the end user now to the IT company. And if we don't get everybody involved, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's going to break down. Um, well, this is this is um, one of my passion themes, this idea of injecting clarity. And there's structure to how you can inject clarity so that people are all rowing in the same direction. And mm -hmm. and I'm a, I, I'll mention in other episodes, I, I'm big on this idea of GRPI. It was developed a long time ago, and I'm not going to go into it right now. But the idea that goal clarity... If you have everybody shooting for the same milestones and the same goals and objectives, that cleans up a lot of the mess. What mm -hmm. gets what gets sideways is when we have a goal that's not clearly communicated, so people start making up their own. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. finance finance has a target that they created because it makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. And sales is going, wait a minute, that's not that's not our goal. Our goal is something else. You're actually now getting in the way of our goal. And then you have, you know, another group who's you know, procurement and and they're doing something to make. And so you don't have that alignment. If you just bring that alignment, it's amazing how much junk cleans up mm -hmm. and expectations now become clearer to talk about because it's all aligned with the outcome. But underneath that is role clarity. And if I don't know my role, you don't know my role, and I don't know your role, we're going to bump. We're going to either redo each other's jobs or undo each other's jobs or all this other stuff. And so none of these processes come to life because the people who's who's actually doing the work are are not clear. And yeah. and they're working hard, and, and but now assumption creeps mm -hmm. in. And literally infects every decision being made. And now this whole thing is just becoming this swamp of execution yeah. and nobody can get anything done because nobody's available to help get things done. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I think a, another big issue is we, if we don't include the people who are supposed to do the work in the strategy planning <laughs> oh yeah. Tell me more about that. Cause that's, that's, that's not easy. <laughs> the, the, a lot of times strategy gets, it's done in a side room or an offsite uh -huh. and it's this special thing. Um, 
and there's research. It's a little old, but it's, I don't think it's changed. Um, 95% of an organization staff do not understand or are even aware of what that strategy is because mm -hmm. they weren't in the room. So how, yeah. how do you, how do you make sure that people are in the room and a part of that? Because participation, that's a big word. Mm, yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I've all, all only run small companies. So in, mm. in my, in my world, it's not been that hard. Um, but I can, I can imagine how difficult it can be if you have a large corporation, um, sure. international corporation, and you want to get everyone to, to go in the same direction. But I think one of the key pieces for any sized organization is also to decide what not to do. Because mm. if you're changing your strategy, you will need to stop doing things. And I think we humans have a really hard time with of, of letting go, like the sunk cost syndrome, as yeah. we know it. Yeah. We, we don't want to let go of things we've spent you know time and money on. Uh, but we may have to if we're going to succeed with this new strategy that we have in place. So, but but if when we create that strategy in a separate room in an offsite with a fantastic you know external consultant, and we come home and they say, "Hey, this is the new grand plan," I also think people are are reading into that like, oh, "Okay, the bosses wants us to go this way. Uh, we don't think that's is necessary, so we'll just make small tweaks to how we do things now." So you don't get that transformation. You just get a little small iterations on the, so, so I think it's, yeah, but you can't have everyone, you know, engaged in a, in a 10,000 employee company. No, but you can, you can inject what you're talking about is, is just solid prioritization. And yeah. if people can prioritize clearly and in alignment, they don't have to necessarily be touching every single part of the, of the strategy. Uh, but what they're they're doing, their efforts are completely lined up with this idea yeah. of being 100% aligned because they're prioritizing and not doing things. Mm -hmm. They've chosen to not do things because they know the expectations they're supposed to meet and they're not generating assumption in the middle of this because it creates waste. It creates drag because as soon as you know you come to me and say, hey, Tim, I need help with X. Oh, I can't because I'm busy with Y. Well, why are you doing why that's not even on the plan? Well, it's, yeah. it's important. I, I, it just has to be I'm like, no. And when the larger you are, the harder it is to have those conversations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. No, so, so prioritization, I would say is what I'm hearing you saying is, is mm -hmm. how I would label that old, choosing what not to do critical, mm -hmm. critical. And most people don't have, I, I do this a lot. I'll ask what are the top priorities um, of the business for this year? And, and I'll have the leader give me their answer. And then I'll ask the room and the room's all over the place, all over mm -hmm. the place. It's, it's, it happens where they're completely aligned, but it's not as common as one would think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, final thoughts on mindset or skill set that everybody in the organization should have if they're going to be great at executing. Well, I think this alignment is, is key, uh, right? How are we? How well are we aligned towards the the overall strategy that we're executing? Um, but then I, I think hard work is is uh, is, is good. <laughs> I mean, that's it's so boring that's answer. so big. I was I was waiting for you to say that because um, uh, you were you were almost dancing around it. But at some point, you literally roll up your sleeves and just do the work. And that is in in Hawaii, we talk about just keep paddling, shut up and paddle, just paddle, just yeah. keep going. You'll get yeah. there. But it is it's hard work. 
Yeah, and, and and I think another thing that I would throw into the ring is is uh, coaching. I be, I am a strong mm. believer in 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 good coaching. Mm. Uh, if you, uh, I mean, to get the best out of people, to get them to know themselves what they want and how they best can contribute, and and just to to stay the course and 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 not just fall into uh, status quo and and uh, this is the way I've always done it, but but actually always help people to to go that extra mile and and want to do the things. Uh, that is important. Well, it's a lot easier to work hard when you have really clear expectations and you're allowed to even ask and even help set them. You've got uber clarity on your prioritization and you're actually being coached and somebody's willing to get in the canoe with you and even show you how to paddle better and even help you make sure you've got the right paddle and all the other things. Um, working hard is a whole lot easier than the opposite. You take those expectations and you make them as confusing as hell. You you don't have any clear prioritization. And then you yell at people because they're not prioritizing correctly, whatever correctly means. Yeah. And there's no coaching whatsoever. And then you tell people to go work hard. Yeah. 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 That that that's that's good advice, George. That's really, really, really yeah, it's we, not revolutionary, but I think but it's, it's true. It's, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, and maybe going back to what my my story in the beginning, of course, which is also obvious, but maybe not always to to truly understand the customer, mm. like really understand yeah. the customer, and, and not just guessing or or assuming yeah. what they ought to buy or ought to want or ought to need, but actually, you know, diving into their world. Yeah, and and then the strategy should become how can you help them do that better than anyone else and have them pay you for that work so that you can become profitable. Huge. George, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. I always enjoy our, our, our conversations. This one just happened to be recorded, but uh, thank you again for being on this first season. And I appreciate you genuinely as a human. That was a terrific conversation. George shared so many practical insights that I'm still thinking about. I'm curious, what are your biggest takeaways and how are you going to use them? My three biggest takeaways are make sure your strategy is anchored to your entire value chain, which means defining all of your stakeholders. Those stakeholders will help you define the true problem that your strategy is solving. Don't assume anything, especially after your strategy has launched. Expectations must be extremely clear for both the team and the customer. Additionally, everyone on your team has to be really good at seeking, setting, and communicating expectations to keep assumptions low. It is crucial to decide what not to do, to really define your priorities. We have to make it clear what will not be done, what will not get resources, what is not a priority, and so forth. Clear prioritization generates a massive amount of alignment. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one person and leave me a review on whatever platform you downloaded this podcast. Your feedback is invaluable to me. And Imoa, onward and upward. Mm -hmm.